very warm welcome to you from Equa Marketing. This presentation is brought to you by Equa.com, a leader in digital marketing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Growing Dentist podcast show. Today, I'm super excited to have a dentist who also helps other dentists, Dr. Shakila Angadi. Doctor, welcome. Thank you for having me, Naren. Uh, I know you are the founder and owner of palmersmiles.com, and also you are a social and emotional intelligence coach. Uh, for those of us who have not had the privilege of talking to you or meeting you, can you give us a quick overview of your story? Where are you right now? Where did you come from? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I've been in practice for almost 10 years now. And as many other dentists that go through dental school, we dream of this end goal of helping people and making a difference in the world and doing these amazing things. And I was no different coming out of school and having these big visions of success, time-wise, money-wise, everything else. And as you go through private practice, as most of us know, there's a lot of learning <laughs> to be had in those years that you're practicing. And for me, when the opportunity came to buy a practice, I jumped at it, even though at that time, the timing wasn't exactly, let's say, the most convenient because I had my son and there was a lot going on. And buying the practice in the way that I did, it was a very emotional decision. Um, and it put me in a place that was very solitary and very alone. And it came with challenges of not knowing what I was doing. And it really took me to a place that was very dark. And I know there are a lot of dentists out there um, and I'm no different as far as practicing in a solitary way. And in this case, when you don't have anyone to talk to or feel that you are alone in your journey of trying to figure out what you're doing, you have this new practice. Um, it's like having a new child. You don't really know what you're doing. You're not really sure where to ask with questions. And it can go one of two ways, right? You seek out help or you kind of step into a place of trying to swim instead of, of drowning. And that's the place that I unfortunately had to hit. I had to hit rock bottom to understand that I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. So to make a long story short, that was the best thing that could have happened to me <laughs> because once I hit rock bottom, I was at the point where I knew other people were happy with their practices. I knew there had to be more. And if there wasn't more, I needed to make it a change in my life. So I started asking questions. I started going not just to CE to learn, but going to conferences and meeting other people and starting to ask them the questions of what is it that was the turning point for you? How do you know when you've reached your happiness point? And started asking all these interesting questions to these amazing dentists that were in practice much longer than me. And I started seeking out um, consulting. I started seeking out um, coaching and just started to spread my wigs to try and figure out what I needed to do. And it brought me to certain communities in the dental world that really, really gave me the tools on what I needed to do. But even with all of the tools, I was still missing 25% of that. 25% was still missing for me. I had all the information. I knew exactly what I needed to do to grow my practice. And yet something was still missing. So for me, I had to take a good hard look at my life, the decisions that I made. And what I decided to do at that point is invest in myself. 
And that's a tough pill to swallow as most dentists who, if, they're, if you're listening out there, it's a tough pill to swallow to say maybe the problem isn't the tools that I'm being given, maybe it is myself. And that realization for me led to social and emotional intelligence coaching. And I really focused on the emotional intelligence coaching and I worked with a coach that's the, one of the leaders in the field and she helped me move beyond my mindset of surviving and, you know, trying to get somewhere with my practice to really being able to give back and thrive in who I am, which then translated to my team, which then translated to my practice. So it has been the best journey for me. I was so inspired with how much my life has changed that I actually went back and completed my coaching certification myself. So now I am helping other dentists kind of look beyond their own mindset, look beyond this mindset of being stuck so they can grow the practices that they're dreaming of doing. Because a lot of times we are our own worst enemy. Right. Yeah. I love what you said. And I really appreciate your humility of, you know, accepting that, you know, you hit rock bottom because, uh, a lot of people don't want to say that. And I think that's, that's, you know, that's one of the key things I notice, uh, you know, in successful people, they are very humble people. They, they don't have this huge ego. So uh, um, I appreciate that. Let me, who's that coach you're talking about who helped you through this? Absolutely. Her name was Dr. Nita Bouchon. And she was actually a dentist. She was a dentist. She went through many, many things in her life and she actually retired and she just does emotional intelligence coaching right now. She works with Mind Valley and does other amazing things and helping female business owners mainly. But um, a lot of what she taught me and helped me realize, because it's one thing to have a coach, right? Or a consultant or someone to help you. It's another thing to be able to really absorb the pearls that they take and be able to translate it to your lifestyle. And for me, that's what I needed. I needed someone to question do you need to feel the way that you need to feel? So she was amazing and very inspirational, obviously, because it changed or added, I should say, um, a, a separate passion of mine because I love dentistry. I love helping patients every day. I love my staff. I'm growing my team to my dream team, which, you know, everybody thinks they have their dream team. But when you truly enjoy being at work, it makes a huge difference. And that starts from the dentist. That starts from leadership. And that starts from knowing who you are and being happy with yourself because then you want to create an environment that's also very happy and inspiring. So that way your patients feel the same thing. And that's been the biggest transition in my practice that once I knew who I was and what made me happy and how I needed to practice, I was able to help my team have the same mindset. And the best compliments I truly get are from my patients who say, wow, doc, you're, energy in this practice is amazing. Your staff is absolutely amazing. And that's where my best referrals come from. Right, right. No, this is awesome. Actually, uh, Mind Valley, I think the guy who started it, uh, Vish Vishen Lakhyan, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, he, his coach is Dan Sullivan. And I also, you know, use Dan Sullivan as strategic coach. Uh, so interesting. I guess we all have coaches and we all learn from somebody. Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> So let's talk about, you know, emotional and social coaching. I know you didn't talk about how do I get more business? You talked about finding that inner happiness, right? Mm -hmm. Finding that inner peace. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So can you walk us through your journey, if you, if you don't mind sharing some of the details as to, um, you know, kind of what happened and, and, and how did you get there? Like maybe with some details or some examples? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think for me, and this will parallel to many dentists who are listening out there who are struggling, you know, it's very easy to get caught up in the day-to-day nuances of what running a dental practice is as far as, you know, team management and accounting it and patients and things, you know, not going as planned. It It runs the gamut on the mind when your mind isn't necessarily prepared for the emotions that that type of stress takes. And for me, I was no different. So when I started with all of that, it was it was frustrating. You know, why isn't my, you know, I have all the tools that I need to have for, for success. How am I still not there? You know, you, you get to that point where what am I doing that is still not working with all of this? And when we started peeling back and that's a lot of what emotional intelligence is, it's peeling back the layers of what we acquire through our life to unleash what truly makes us happy and to be aware of our emotions when we are in the moment of it. And for me, it was a series of communications and exercises. Um, I definitely got into doing more gratitude exercises, not just, hey, you know what, be more positive. It's truly being grateful for the blessings that you have and constantly reminding yourself of those things. Or in my case, and a lot of people's cases, it's what are the human needs that you have? What are the fears that you have? Fear is a huge thing in the dental field, I think, um, as I've been talking to clients and other dentists and kind of exploring all of this. And, you know, dentists make the perfect specimen, I'll be honest, because they we are so perfectionist, you know, and I say we because I'm in that club, you know, as far as wanting to make sure everything is perfect down to the margin, down to the millimeter, down to these minuscule measurements that we are trained and bred to do in dental school. And a lot of this um, fear of failure, this perfectionistic um, mindset is very typical for so many dentists that go through practice. And at some point, it's not realistic. You know, you have these fears of failure, but it's not realistic because we are going to fail. And there wasn't a magic moment to answer your question. It was a journey of uncovering what was holding me back, where my expectations were, where my fears lay, and what was it that was preventing me from being creative with my solutions. Because all of this negative fear and expectation, it holds you back from really being able to think beyond the box and think beyond the problem and think to finding a solution that nobody else is doing. And that's where success comes. And that's where the most successful dentists that I've come across when they're expanding and growing their practice, that's what they're doing. They're doing things that are different. They're not following the flow. They're going a different direction altogether. And that creativity and that ability to inspire your team to think like that only happens when you don't have something else holding you back. You know, at one point, at some point you go, for me anyways, it was, well, I don't want to stay where I am. So what do I need to do? And that fear of failing is a very big fear to get past um, with that. And that's what it was for me. That's what was holding me back from 
utilizing the tools that were right in front of me. Right, right. Let me ask you this. Um, when we talk about the fear of failing and, mm-hmm. uh, um, and um, you know, I guess you are not feeling happy, right? I mean, so did you, I know we talked about like the theme of my podcast, which is that how do you create more freedom, right? When it mm-hmm. comes to time, money, purpose, or relationships. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, the older you get, uh, you know, we live in a kind of a crazy time, right? Like a few hundred years ago, half of France would die because of famine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And, uh, you know, even up until 50 years ago, you know, millions of people would die be- because of famine. And even during the Second World War, you know, 60 million people died, right? Today, we don't see things like that. Today, it's like one person dies and one per- you know, a few people are starving. Most of us have what they call first world problems in the sense, mm-hmm. you, know, uh, you know, like unnecessary things that we don't really need to think about. Um, and um, so as the entire human society moves up the Maslow hierarchy of needs, we are no longer focusing on the basics. We are focusing on, um, you know, ego and um, um, belonging and, you know, and, and self-actualization and so forth. And we are unhappy. We are more unhappy today than we ever were. Mm-hmm. But we have more today than we ever did. It's kind of uh, a strange phenomenon. So I guess... I assume everything started by you looking at why am I here? What am I trying to do? How do I find mm-hmm. happiness? And, and that's, ex- and that's exactly it because yes, you have all these self-help books, but as I said, like all the tools in the world don't make a difference. If your mind isn't at the point to actually truly take them to heart, you can read everything that's there, but do you truly understand the application and the way that it works in for you. And the only way that happens is unpeeling all of those layers. And that's exactly where those layers come from. They come from expectation and responsibility and all the things that we add. As we get older, we add a lot to our plate and we don't pay enough attention to the emotional centers of our brain that are constantly working, but they're constantly in a reactive mode instead of processing what it is that we are feeling in that moment and making sense of it in a better way of action. And we are causing our own unhappiness. That was, I totally agree with that point because when we add all of these extra things, when we don't set boundaries and we have these expectations that I'm not saying don't set goals. Goals are a good thing to have. We want to think and dream big and achieve really big, great things. That is inspiring. That's what we want to do. We want to make a difference in the world. But if we set expectations that we're never going to fail, that nothing is ever going to go not as planned, what, is, what are we setting ourselves up for? We're setting ourselves up for everything to go smoothly all the time. Never met, never met a lifestyle of anybody that everything has gone 100%, 100% of the time. And a lot of that is being aware of those emotions in that moment, um, which is interesting because I think especially with dentists, we, it's almost augmented. I feel because we have so much on our plate. You know, as soon as you own a business, you're thinking about team management, you're thinking about marketing, you're thinking about all of these different things. And ultimately, we're not able to peel back what was our why 
And why did we buy that practice? Why did we become a dentist? What value do we do we need to get back to to know why we're working as hard as we're working? So yes, 100%. First world problems. We can put a hashtag on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was just thinking while you were talking about, um, you know, some of the challenges we have as a society and, and as people. And uh, um, one of the books I read recently, not recently, a few years ago, is called Flow by Mihail uh, Shimiaki, I believe that's his name. And he studied, uh, he's a science person. He studied, you know, people who are really happy. And he, he talked about this state of flow, like, you know, surgeons, for example, mm-hmm. they're like in the moment or windsurfers or people climbing mountains they're almost like one with that moment and pretty much they call it almost like ecstasy. You know, they experience this level of joy that the average person doesn't experience. And um, the reason I'm bringing that up is um, um, most of us are so busy being busy. It's almost like think of a dog and you tie this bone in front of the dog and the dog walks forward. The bone moves two feet forward. And the dog keeps chasing that bone, but the bone is tight, you know, in front of the dog, meaning, you know, you know, so it just keeps moving, keeps moving, and they're never happy, it just keeps moving. So I think, like you said, it's okay to strive and it's okay to, uh, you know, go for bigger things. But um, if you don't take the moment to enjoy the moment, <laughs> you know, enjoy the journey and enjoy, you know, smell the roses. And in that book, uh, one of the things I remember he talked about is, he interviewed people who are very, very, very successful right before they died, or uh, you know, maybe a few months or a few weeks before they died. And uh, and he asked them, "What's your happiest moments?" And most of them could not think of a moment since they were a child, like running hmm. through that field, you know. But they have you know yachts and this and that and. Mm-hmm. But most of them don't have, you know, kids who want to talk to them. Or, you know, mm-hmm. like it's just it's pretty sad life they have led. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I think you are right. Like we go to school, we especially doctors get a medical degree. I'm not a doctor, by the way. And then you work really, really hard and you do things you're told to do. And you, you juggle your career, your continuing education, your marketing, your business, your staff, your kids. And uh you get caught up being so busy that you, you kind of miss the point of life itself almost. And um, kind of having that awakening and having that, um, you know, self-realization, uh, it's kind of interesting. So how do you help somebody? Like, do they have to hit rock bottom before they would pick up the phone and call you? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And they, nor should they, nor should they wait. I don't recommend that pathway for anybody who can prevent it. Absolutely. I mean, I think that knowing that when you are feeling overwhelmed and burnt out and unhappy, if you take your emotions as a sign, and that's really the basis of emotional intelligence is being self-aware. So when you know that you are feeling constantly stressed and constantly unhappy, and you take that as a sign that you need your body is in essence telling you to do something different. You can choose 
to do something different, or you can choose to push forward in those emotions that your body is presenting. Because I believe, I mean, going back to what you just said, I believe that it doesn't just have to be these amazing people who are windsurfing and climbing mountains to experience that life ecstasy. I think that we all can. And but it's practice and it's awareness and it's being in the moment while you are doing things that may not necessarily be extraordinary in the term of the word, but in the day-to-day moments, you know, I mean, how many times I would see, you know, parents with their kids and they're on their phone the whole time. And don't get me wrong. You know, we all have things going on. There's a lot of busyness. I mean, this society is so fast paced. We're always multitasking about 10 million things, but you know, when is the last time we put something with technology down, gave your child a hug and said, you know what? I just want to spend time with you. If I'm going to spend time with you, I really want to be with you. I don't want to be thinking about 10 other things at the same time. It's moments like that, whether it's with a child, whether it's with yourself, how many people take the time out to take care of their mind health, whether it's, you know, meditation or yoga or gratitude or journaling or whatever it is that eases the emotions and eases the the mind to really reflect and think about what it is we're feeling and why do we feel that way? I mean, that's where we all could use a little more um, awareness in that because when we ignore our emotions, that's where this chronic stress happens. That's where this chronic overwhelm happens. And that's where someone who's going to hit rock bottom has pushed through. They've ignored, essentially, those emotions that their body was telling them from so long ago. A lot of it is biology. Yes, it's psychology, but a lot of it's biology. When you are stressed, what happens? You have chronic pain. You have chronic depression. We have a society that is so unhappy with so much. I loved how you phrased it earlier. We have everything, and yet we are so unhappy. And it's very true because we are pushing through the very primal emotions that we have thinking, okay, well, it's not important. I'll deal with it later. I don't, it's, it's okay if I'm stressed. I'll, I'll just be stressed. I'm accepting the negative emotion as my normal, but it doesn't have to be. And I think that when you work with somebody to start unpeeling that, that's what we work on. What is it that we have added that is clouding our way to really thinking about how we feel and how we are? Because if all of that is clouding on top, put it this way, if you have a negative energy, you're going to respond and make an decisions that are not necessarily constructive or productive. You're going to be making decisions based on negative emotional reactions versus being able to say, okay, well, I'm upset about this. This is why I am upset. But you know what? I think the best way to handle this is in this way. And I think it takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of mental self-control. And it also takes a lot of desire to want to be that aware, to start that process and open that book. I mean, to be honest with the clients that I do have that I am taking on with social and emotional intelligence, I'm really looking for clients that want to make that change. If they don't want to make that change, 
they can't be helped. I mean, they can be helped, but they're not ready, I should say. That's a better term to use. They're not ready to be helped. But the clients that have come to me that have said, you know what, I'm ready to make big changes in my life. I can help them unpeel what it is that's holding them back because I did it for myself. I'm doing it with other people. And watching these life transitions where they're now enjoying life better than they've ever enjoyed it. For me, I wish I had hit rock bottom years ago. Because I'm enjoying my life more now as a practice owner, as a mother, as a wife, as a dentist, as everything else that I'm doing. You know, sometimes people say, well, don't you feel overwhelmed? There's, that's a lot going on. I said, no, because I'm enjoying every aspect of my life because it brings me a different sense of joy every time I'm doing that particular part of my life. And I'm trying to be present in those areas of my life. So that way I'm not living with any regret. And it's, it's the best way to be. Right. Right. Um, can you talk about, I understood the emotional part. What's the social part? Can you talk more about what you mean by that? Sure. Absolutely. So the social intelligence is slightly different than emotional intelligence. So once you know who you are and how you react and the emotions that you have in the moment, the second part to, understanding is understanding other people. And that's where the social intelligence aspect of it comes. So social intelligence essentially is broken up into social awareness. So being aware of somebody who is around you and the situation of awareness that is going on. So in the dental world, you can translate that to teams, being aware of your team, being aware of your patient's emotions, and then learning how to manage those emotions to not only have a happier team, but a happier So the way that I have taken social intelligence into my practice um, is once I was able to figure out what I needed, creating that team and creating the environment that I needed to work in, I need to be more aware of what my team is really telling me. It's not always that face value, right? It's not always that words. It's not always what they're saying. It's how that particular communication is coming across, the body language that they're using, the tone of their voice that they're using, so I can read the situation and then help manage that to help them help me essentially, right? Build a practice that I'm that we're building. And ultimately, social awareness is being aware of that. But it also trickles down to home. I mean, it has made me more aware in my marriage. It has made me more aware as a, as a parent. And I think that being aware of other people's feelings is a very good skill. But then knowing how to communicate with those people in your life is just as important because you want to be able to convey your message or have them help you create that life of time, money, purpose, and relationship. And I think that both of them together can help us achieve those goals. Right. Um, You talk about communication. I know there's a great book I read a long time ago called The Five Love Languages. And Mm -hmm. that book he talks about, you know. Dr. Gottman, great read. And uh, people receive and give love in different ways. Mm-hmm. And then um, there are books around men are from Mars, and you know, like the <laughs> fact that men and women are different the way we right. think, the way they communicate, and uh, all kinds of things. So, do you focus on the communication and understanding others as part of your coaching? Absolutely. So, communication is one aspect of 
um, social intelligence. I mean, there's, there's different things, you know, inspirational leadership, there's, um, you know, making sure that you're having servant leadership, there's, there's so many different competencies in social in, intelligence, particularly, but communication is really the cornerstone of being able to once you're aware of the emotion, you have to be able to communicate appropriately in those situations. And a lot of it is learning how to not only understand communication styles. So, you know, think DISC or Colby or any of these tools out there that help you understand a communication style, but also to be able to involve mirroring an emotion. You know, I talk about with my staff and with clients and other people, you know, the basic aspect of empathetic listening where you you are listening that's step one you want to listen to what the problem is but then step two is mirroring the emotion if someone is coming to you frustrated they need to be acknowledged not just listened to they need to be acknowledged and understand that you understand the degree of frustration prior to going to the third step which is offering a solution a lot of times we listen and then we want to give an answer but then we miss the connection in between and then the other person walks away from that conversation going well they didn't understand what i was saying they didn't know what i was trying to get across and that's not the communication style we want we want to be good communicators in our life in general so that way we can build these bonds of relationship that give us the happiness factor at the end so yes communication is a huge thing i think that it's interesting because some people they're very socially and emotionally um different and sometimes people they are so in tune with what's going on around them but they don't know themselves right and then some people are so in tune with themselves but they cannot be or haven't developed the skills i should say to be socially aware so it's finding that balance um, a lot of times when i'm working with people we i actually administer a tool that is proprietary to where i got my certification isei and that particular tool actually helps identify where those areas of vulnerabilities are needed and where the strengths are that we can use to address those vulnerabilities like communication or any other aspect that would need to be worked on. And that's where we start not only coaching, but giving tools and tips that help restructure the life we're living so we can live more balanced and we can live in a happier way. Absolutely. Um, I can keep talking for you for <laughs> in a long time. I was mm -hmm. wondering, uh, we have to wrap up. I was wondering, any final thoughts you have and also how can people get a hold of you to learn more about, you know, what, how you can help them? Would you offer like a free chat, um, anything you can do to help our listeners? Absolutely. So I think my, my final thoughts really are, you know, if you are a dentist out there and you are practicing and you are frustrated and wondering, is this it? Is this, everything I've worked so hard to doing, um, take a good look at who you are and what you want from your life and where your emotions are telling you you need to be. And if you're overwhelmed and if you're constantly stressed, take a step back and listen to what your body is telling you. I think that's the best, best advice I could give any dentist out there. You know, don't wait to feel like you're in a hole by yourself because a, a lot of dentists work alone. It's a very solitary field, but we aren't. There's so many resources. There's so many ways to get in touch with people that can help you. And as far 
far as getting in touch with me right now, I am on Facebook. That's the main place of, of reaching me. It's the inspired dentist, www.facebook.com slash the inspired dentist. I put a lot of tips and tools right there for free um, in the form of videos and posts that talk about a lot of the topics that we mentioned um, in today's episode, but I also, you know, will reach out to people if there's anybody that needs um, a consultation to see if coaching is something that would help them, um, please don't hesitate to reach out through Facebook because, as I said, we have to be ready, you know, it's not just a matter of taking on, this is not a a psychiatrist or psychology session, this is more of, do you want to make a change in your life to reveal the true purpose of why you're here and truly be happy in your own mind and body. And that's ultimately what I'm trying to do for the dental field. That's great. That's great. Thank you very much, doctor, for spending time with us today. And uh, we will put a link to your Facebook page so people can easily find that. And um, hopefully um, you will continue to help a lot more dentists and hopefully, hopefully we'll talk again uh, at some time in the near future. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the Growing Dentist podcast show.